Hello, listeners of Berlin Topic. It's VA. I just thought I would give a little more information at the beginning of this episode. This is our 100th episode. We're all very excited. We recorded it on Sunday, April 8th, in the afternoon prior to the Bruins' last game. So we didn't know who the first round matchup would be. I don't think that will impede things too much. Just know that we didn't know at the time and we were hoping for one result and we got the other. But whatever, it's just how it is. Now, I do want to just let you know if you're listening to this on Wednesday when it comes out. Yay, I got it out a little early. If you're listening on Wednesday, we do have a bracket challenge. Uh, You can go look up the website. Uh, I think it's nhl.com backslash bracket challenge. Hey, how about if I actually get the address? Here we go. It is bracketchallenge.nhl.com and you can search. There's a little tiny search bar in the top right corner of the uh, table, basically. Yes, you can look for Barely on Topic. Bracket Spectacular, that's what I called it. Um, We also have links on Facebook and Twitter. So you can go to our Twitter at Barely and Topic and at Barely and Topic Podcast on Facebook. Wow, I'm really bad at this. But anyway, you know, in the course of recording, we always forget a little something uh, because it can get a little wacky. And especially when you go for three and a half hours of recording time, sometimes you forget to thank the listeners for listening for this long, because certainly we would not be doing a podcast for 100 episodes or three and a half seasons or whatever it is that we've been doing if we didn't have people like you listening to us. So thank you. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. I love this conversation. I, I love this conversation for another time. Okay. Because all I hear in my head is stuff I have to edit out. <laughs> Barely in Topic, podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. This week is our 100th episode. It's very exciting. It takes a while Woo-hoo! to get here. Yes. And uh, we have a full house today. We have everybody. We have Nick, we have Tim, we have Anthony, and we have Jeff. Yo. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so many pauses I get to edit out this week. Yay. <laughs> there can't be that many in there. Oh, my God. When Nick's on, I swear, there there's like a full minute of pauses that I, I take out. <laughs> One would say it's dramatic. Every time he speaks. <laughs> he's just he's just really, really big on the pregnant pauses. That's all. Pause? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so anyway, yes, it's our 100th episode. Uh, we've been doing this for three seasons now. We started a little bit late, but uh, we're here finally. And uh, I will reveal the theme of the episode a little bit later. But I do want to get some thoughts on everybody, or for, from everybody, some brief thoughts about this being the 100th episode and how you feel about that and whatever. We're going to be self-congratulatory right now. I think it's important to do that. So who wants to go first? 
Anthony! So, I'm really proud of this podcast. I haven't been on a lot this season, thanks to life, hockey depression, and other things. But I'm really proud of the five of us and what we've accomplished. Interviewing Kirk Ludicky twice. Um, we've had some shots at other guests that haven't panned out. But I'm really proud. We had uh, Mike from Diarrhea Planet, right? Yes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Mm. It's a fun little episode I like to listen to every once in a while. Thank. I actually like that that Diarrhea Planet episode mainly because it just really wasn't hockey related. It got really music related quickly, which would happen between two bass players. Could have made it three. Could have should have brought you in. Yeah, that's probably why I like it so much too. But then again, <laughs> I do, do like Bruins talk. Yeah. I guess I'll go since I'm already talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't mean to cut uh, unless unless Anthony. I don't want I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm I'm good. I'm just I'm okay. really proud of the proud of you all. Oh, thank Aww. you for this. Um, so this is actually kind of a uh, a big episode for me. It's a big episode for all of us. So uh, I'm sure VA you will talk about this later. Uh, but VA and I kind of had this idea of. Uh, a while back, and it, it, for various reasons, took a little bit to get rolling. And um, if you would ask me before this podcast started, we would be having a hundred, a 100th episode, I would have said no. I'll, I'll be honest. I kind of saw it lasting a season, and then like, okay, the off season happened, then we just couldn't get quite get back together. That's what I predicted what would happen. But after that first season, which was kind of a half season, I'm like, you know what? This worked. This worked. Um, and it honestly got even better once I got less involved. So, <laughs> VA, all the power to you. Um, uh, so, I am really, really happy because I got to see something which, you know, I kind of had, I, I helped create it. Having, you know, it's strong. And then, likewise, daddy's got to go work in the fields for a while. I'll see y'all later. And I come back and you guys are even stronger. I'm real proud of y'all. So Nick's our daddy. I got Nick, I'm not calling you dad. Sorry. I think, based on the way he said that, he's not daddy. He's pa. Pa. Yeah. Pa. <laughs> pa. And I got to say, Ma. You're the real, real champ of this house. Look at them boys growing up. I'm done. Please stop me. <laughs> I'm sorry. When when VA said that Nick's our daddy, the only thing I pictured was that part in Dodgeball when they were wearing the wrong jerseys and it come to the old person and he goes, has the collar that says Big Daddy. He goes, I guess you would be Big Daddy. And so it's an old little old guy playing Dodgeball. So that's the only thing I can picture when VA said that. Those were the best uniforms. <laughs> Like, I when, in doubt, when in doubt, be Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Rob Halford and I have the same goal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're living after midnight. <laughs> 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 and 
you, Jeff, have another thing coming. <laughs> coming. That's the first song I ever knew knew that I heard for, from Judas Priest, so it's got a special place in my heart. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, Tim or Jeff? <laughs> uh, sure, I, I can go now. Um, I, I'm honestly, I am definitely uh, proud of it being the third season, 100th episode. I wasn't sure how long it was going to last in the beginning. I think um, a lot of a lot of stuff that we've done has been a lot of fun, and I've learned a ton over the like three seasons about hockey in general. Cause I mean, I was always a fan, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I find myself watching differently, I guess, just because I know that I'm probably going to be talking about it or need to talk about it. So I, it kind of makes you more engaged with the actual game itself rather than just hoping your team wins. Um, and that's really cool. And just, I mean, how far it's come from, you know, the very first episode. And then we even did the live watching of a game. <laughs> I mean, that that was just a spectacular, crazy thing that happened. And that um, must have been a nightmare to edit at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was going to be something that was going to be super easy to edit. And it really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, via each week you hurt us like cats and try to keep us on topic. And uh, yeah, I mean, the way you're able to do that and edit it each week and everyone, it's just been a lot of fun. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm just so, this has been so, so much fun. Like, um, so Without going into specifics, of course, like the, the, the fact that we had the show in place so soon before the, the community under which we all met uh, disintegrated. Um, this played a big part in keeping me tied into a hockey community. And it's been so much fun, so much more, um, so, much, so, so, so invested, so... been such just just a blast talking with you guys weekly for the last two and a half years i love every minute of it even if you guys were always mean to me when i'm not on the show oh (laughs) (laughs) okay finally jeff i'm gonna tell you why you're a pirate ready hey here it comes okay please proceed You are supposed to donate your left fibula to Brandon Carlo. You're both six foot five. You know it was his right leg, so my left fibula wouldn't do him any fucking good. It was his left leg. And in the end, it was his ankle, not his fibula. That fibula news was wrong. Well, there it is. <laughs> At the time, we didn't know that. <laughs> At the time, we thought it was it could have been his leg still. The fibula actually <laughs> extends down into the ankle. They're putting the screws through his ankle. I mean, through his fibula to stabilize the ankle. I've had this surgery. I have. Boom, surgeried. You just had to cut off your leg and just give it to him. That's all. And then it involved you getting like a peg leg and then prospecting in 
four <laughs> rocks, and it just took a turn. For gold. Actually, Tim had you going for gold and gemstones. I did. And, and I said you didn't have to drink rum. Thank you, VA. I definitely appreciate that consideration when you guys <laughs> turned me into a pirate. Yeah, we, we, said, it, we said you would be a bourbon whiskey-drinking pirate. Yeah, yeah. And, and hipster beers. That too. Yeah. So really, it's just me, but with one leg. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you can keep the top part of your leg. You'll just have a peg leg. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's one leg, unless it's an entire leg, though. It rounds down. <laughs> you still have, like, one and a half. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, this is the time to be an optimist, not a pessimist, because you're donating to Brandon Carlo. No one rounds up when it talks about le- parts of legs of limbs, though. <laughs> you you le- have all of it or none. <laughs> the leg is half full, not half empty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're complaining, because we made you cool. You're a pirate. What's wrong with that? I mean, it's not like we're making you, like, you know, uh, a pirate of, like, uh, of MP3s. Woo! Or, ooh, you're pirating movies. Woo! Those are bad things. You're, like, an actual, like, tough-ass... buckling pirate. Right. Yeah! Why is this a problem? <laughs> Would it be better if you were giving up an eye or something? He doesn't need that, but... Eye patch would be cool. Yeah, eye patch could add that to it. Maybe <laughs> Tuka's your parrot. But kind of. we're not taking his eye. We're not taking his eye. He's just wearing the eye patch. You can have his right. eye. Yeah. You don't need the eye. Tuka jumps all over you anyway, so True having... story. True story. Tuka... Pirates didn't, didn't wear eye patches because they were missing an eye. It was so they kept one eye in the dark and ready to be able to switch the eye patch when they went below decks so they could see. Ah, Even better, see? keep prospects in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you can go from above ground to underground. <laughs> That's more gold. That's more money. Which means better prosthetic. Yeah. Exactly. Jeez, see, I, I don't see. See, I thought this was all positive. I didn't think we were mean at all. I just told you we were a pirate and to listen, and you didn't listen. So, fine. You can look at it like we're mean. We didn't mean to be mean. <laughs> I think pirates are cool, so I don't think... When, when you're not on the show, VA, I don't start making things up about you. Mind you, I didn't intervene when they did, but... Um... Yeah, I'm the one who makes stuff up about you. <laughs> <laughs> you I did bring make up cool Kelso things about me, you know? <laughs> make up cool things about me, that's all. Okay. Really, you seem pretty uh, pretty upset about the whole Bahama Lama thing. That wasn't cool. <laughs> Bob Kelso is has great calves, if nothing else. Yes. He even says so. Oh God! I mean, you compared me to Kelso. Come on, you gotta no, go. No, you were just you were just drinking with Kelso. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> <laughs> But really, really, the 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 piece there was a stones was Anthony and the vodka straight out of the KFC. <laughs> All the flavored vodkas out of the KFC. Oh bucket. my god, that churned my that. that churned my stomach so bad. <laughs> so bad. Because so I have a relatively relevant qu- question. 
if I if I could take a page out of Jeff's book and maybe corral us back a little. Um, what would what would your favorite on on air moment be in the past hundred episodes? I think it was the entirety of the Bruin Lee Wed game because I thought that was just really funny. I thought that was just from start to end. That was spectacular where it's like uh, everybody's trying to guess everybody. Some people knew each other very quickly and very well. And others, they took a guess that was just so wrong. <laughs> and then maybe the second one was the probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that that was definitely mine. I, that whole Christmas story episode was really fun. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so others. I think I think mine's uh, the like five minute. We were talking about the Fallout Boy playoff music. <laughs> it's just five minutes of just shitting all over Fall Out Boy. <laughs> and then just quietly I go, I like Fall Out Boy. Followed by immediate laughter. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they have like every Major League Baseball playoff song for the last like 10 years, it seems. And I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Light them um, up. <laughs> Light them the episode that started was just like five minutes of straight laughter. Um, <laughs> it, it really just captures everything that we are, and more importantly, all of the many things that we aren't right there without the actual, you know, words. Was that where I just could not get it together, and I kept trying to say something, and it was just nothing but laughter? And then it then it took dragged the rest of us down with you. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly that. <laughs> yeah, a couple weeks ago, and I was like stumbling through it, and I I finally got the words. I'm like nailed it, and you're like no, <laughs> 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 no, you didn't. <laughs> also, the one or two times where I just like decide, okay, that's enough of this, and then drop the boom on the end of the episode. <laughs> we like stumbled for five minutes and we'll get up to the close and like okay fine we're doing this <laughs> uh, Nick did you say anything um no I, I, I'm still doing my dramatic pause <laughs> so my favorite I have a the the first time I ever heard sexy schedule talk <laughs> i think i wet my pants um from laughing so hard oh uh, the early runs on that i was so proud of the first time i did a I did a did a uh, my western canada road trip one i knocked that out of the park yes <laughs> i should have retired then <laughs> um and then i i really like our our uh uh, heavily themed episodes, and ever we have like 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 the Bruley Wed game. Um, I, I remember one time we did a Valentine's Day one uh, oh, a yeah. while back. Um, like anytime we we get purposely goofy, creatively <laughs> goofy for an entire show, those ones are always fun. Oh um, man, I miss the time traveling Dick Wizard. <laughs> see, oh my, how can we forget about the time traveling? Oh, uh, I, I, I yeah, that was. <laughs> 
He is the father uh, of all. I, I love how that grew. It started off with this like small scale conspiracy theory, and then it turned into, into a you know cosmic horror. Um, That's because I threw <laughs> gasoline on it. <laughs> it's like Yager's got a bunch of bastards. Yager's Cthulhu. What? Conversation <laughs> <laughs> should have taken a left at Albuquerque and had a right. <laughs> well, um, yeah, this show is definitely I refer to it as my baby. Uh, and I, I know at least once I said, like, Nick and I, we had a baby. Yes. And it was barely in topic. <laughs> uh, it's not the first time I've been referred to as a mom. So, 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 so does that mom. make me the, dr- the, the drunkle that completely screwed up that child's raising? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that would probably be me because of the uh, Black Velvet. <laughs> oh, oh man the black velvet oh. yeah I, I don't know I don't know because there are some times where you're so determined to stay on course but then it's like nah forget it <laughs> but, just, but, 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 but think about on the episodes where I'm like drinking like seriously just how, how far off the rails I'm the one that steers them too <laughs> <laughs> I mean like like the White um, Russian, the, the White Russian episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <White Russian. laughs> like, I, I don't think I don't think it can be understated how absurdly fucked up I was by the end of that episode. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and how awful I felt at work the next day. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Honestly, for when we did the live game review or watching the live game. I was pretty far gone that one, and the the closed captioning didn't help. <laughs> like it was, oh, I, oh I, my gosh! I I'm wondering what Irene Nash was doing on the ice. I I don't know. And, I mean, and I don't know why we got lost in the Triton and like. I mean, like I, I, it is my dream to watch Carl Sagan play um, uh, hockey, though. Right, right. Well, it was Kyle Adam McQueen was really good that game. <laughs> he's yeah, he's, he's some uh, the bastard son of um, uh, Steve McQueen, right? <laughs> and then Mannheim showed up out of nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> and then Jessica started hooking, and we just like it. Just it was it was insane. But anyway, uh, yeah. So this show, it, it's been crazy. Uh, there are. There are weeks where it is an absolute joy to edit, and there are other weeks where it feels like somebody caved my head in with some bricks and said, here, uh, because uh, I like to have, I like it to be fun and different and interesting when we're doing it. Um, I don't like to give a lot of too, uh, too many controls on you guys, because it makes for a uh, less fun experience, and I want this to be a fun listening experience for people. So that's what I, I really say for. I will say the episodes that we've had no plans for whatsoever have been some of the most fantastic unbridled chaos and for no particular reason. <laughs> I think chaos is good. I mean, <laughs> to a point, you know, obviously. Don't start setting your houses on fire and stuff. You know, that's not the kind of chaos we're talking about. So, so, yeah, don't be Montreal and, you know, flip cars at the first sign of a team doing something good. Or bad, it doesn't really matter. Just flipping cars is what they do. <laughs> I told you, I was in Montreal when they lost that series. I think it was to the Flyers. Oof. It was not pretty. Anyway, 
Yay, let's give ourselves a round of applause and then we're going to move on to the next thing. I don't think I've said everything I wanted to say, but that's okay. Um, we'll see what else slips out. Let's talk about this past week in Bruins games. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's just, let's preface it by saying, wow, I am so glad for the first time that I've been probably watching since I've been watching the Bruins clinched a playoff berth very early. Um, you, no, no, you 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 watched in uh, in in thirteen fourteen, right? That was that was the the president's trophy year, so that one must have been a fairly early clinch. Okay, all right. I you know what? I actually kind of blocked that out because I'm all about Cassidy now, and not about Claude. I made that I I I made the transition, and I've forgotten what it was like to have Claude. Except Speaking for, of Claude, did you see his quotes? That, yep, I'll be watching the playoffs. Yes, you will, Claude. Yes, you will. <laughs> Honestly, you know that whole thing going around Twitter? If you can't love me at my blank, you don't love me. You don't deserve me at my... Mm-hmm. Some. I'm surprised no one's put Claude and then Bruce Cassidy for that. Oh. Wow, I'm surprised at that, too. Hmm. I mean, the Claude one's easy. If you don't love me at this... Him coaching um, uh, um, uh, Habs, and then the other one would be Bruins, and that's sort of. Eh. <laughs> the best one of those that I saw was a Mothra one, where it was like, <laughs> "Yes, I, I saw that one. I, I thought of you when I saw it." Ba, uh, I, I retweeted it. <laughs> that might have been why I saw it. Because um... <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, if you don't love me at my larval stage, then you definitely don't deserve me at my beautiful moth stage." And also, on account of being kaijus, it was, you know, on, on brand for you. So. Of course it was. And what movie did I go see this week? I went to see Pacific Rim Uprising. Gross. I, <laughs> I cannot resist giant robots controlled by people fighting kaiju. I hated the first movie, the first of those two movies so fucking much. Uh, the second one, I, I think, you know what? I think I like the second one better. Did they figure out how to write a cogent script? Is that it? Because like the dialogue was so bad in the first one, it drove me nuts. Even though, I, even though, yes, I know that's not the fucking point. But <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you one thing right now. The reason why that didn't bother me in the first movie was because I know you're about, I know you're about to say, and I don't like that argument. But carry on. <laughs> I think it's true to the kaiju form. Yep, that's the, what I was expecting. The, old, the only <laughs> movie, the only movie that actually has like coherent plot. Good dialogue, great pacing is the original Gojira in 1954. And you know what? You could do a, if you don't love me at my, and show some terrible kaiju movie thing, you know, like the smog monster or whatever the fuck it was. And then you do like the original 54 Gojira. There you go. Because that is the best one. No, nothing is going to, uh, to ever reach that ever again. Uh, and Americans do it the wrong way. And Guillermo Del Toro did it in a way that I think embodied the spirit of the cheesy ass movies that we watched in the seventies and eighties. In in the first one, was that dude from um, Sons of Anarchy in it? Yep, he's not in the second one. Oh, okay, uh, that's, that's that's good. Charlie Hunnam is only good in Sons of Anarchy. End yeah. sentence. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no not I, true. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Um, they they reserve the use of uh, Charlie Day to good effect. 
Um, Good, because the first one, they kind of fucked that up a bit. That was a waste of Charlie Day. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> and they gave the kaiju a purpose in this one. Like, they... they Besides actually... just being gigantic rubber monsters? Yes. Oh. Yes. Well, like, the kaiju aren't supposed to have, like, motivation apart from being gigantic rubber monsters, right? But the precursors do. They have it. I- I'm not going to tell you anything more. Unless I mean, I'm never going to watch it, so it doesn't matter if you spoil it for me, but... but... Listeners, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I could cut it out. Do you really want to know? Sure. If this movie does well enough, which I don't think it will, there there, there could be a sequel, but it's probably not. Oh, movies like that, though, print money in China, for example. They print money with me because I can't resist it. I just I said, just for can't. example, like, like the point is, is see, that's why the trans, why they kept making those fucking Transformers movies is because yeah. they print money in China. Yeah, I, I I can't do Transformers. I saw the first one and I was like, how is a thing that large going to be that silent? Like, it, like there was just some stupid thing that took me out of the movie and I went, that makes no sense. That thing stomps around. Even in the cartoon series, they stomped around. Well, not all that metal. They should be like clanging and stuff, right? Right. Really think all, every, every nut and bolt's perfectly tightened. Every rivet's dead on. Right. No, 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 right. No, no. So, so basically, <laughs> that thing happened, and then I was like, "Oh, Michael Bay, buildings don't fall that way," and I hated it, and I couldn't watch another Transformers movie. So, well, look, see, if I want if I want to watch movies falling down in ways that don't make any sense, I'm going to watch Roland Emmerich movies, not Michael Bay ones. Yeah, because so. at least the Roland Emmerich ones are fun, right? Oh, yes, exactly. Maybe not so much 2012, but things fall down in hilarious ways, so I'll take it, sure. Mm. You know, Independence Day. And it had, and it had Willie, Woody Harrelson in what I imagined to be his natural state, raving like a lunatic in an RV. Um, all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> so let's get back on, on topic. I had to say that. I just, the kaiju, I just have to defend my love of kaiju, jerk. I, I have to defend Charlie Hunnam for a second. Uh-oh. There's one TV show called Undeclared. It happened in the early 2000s. So and many there was people a... were on that. Yeah. Seth Rogen, Jason Segel, Jay Baruchel, uh, Charlie Hunnam. And there was a Judd Apatow show. And it was basically after Freaks and Geeks. And it was a similar-ish show um, sitcom. and only had one season, but it should have had more because it was awesome. He's good in that. Okay. All right. I haven't seen it, so I'll take your word for it. I'm just saying that everything except Sons of Anarchy that I've seen that Charlie Hedham's in has been not good. And he's been particularly not good, but he was good con- for him. He was considered <laughs> for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of, I won't watch that. <laughs> Maybe if it was Fifty Shades of Oil, but... Fifty Shades of... This movie, this book started as a fan, as a fanfic written under the pen, the nom de plume, Snow Queen Ice Dragon. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> oh my god! I want that's, to. That's have all a... true. That, I... that is all entirely true too. I. <laughs> I want to have a child named Snow Queen Ice Dragon now. Well, unfortunately, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey kind of has shotgun on that one. I think you know, but. Uh... I mean, Snow Queen Ice Dragon is better than Chalupa Batman. Is it though? Because Chalupa <laughs> Batman is pretty fantastic. I mean, if you the League was a funny show, so Chalupa Batman was pretty funny. But No Dragon Ice Queen, it's the name that was made for me. Yeah. Oh, Other yes. way around, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So anyway, back to this week in games. 
Uh, how would you compare this week in games to Fifty Shades of Grey? No, just kidding. Uh... <laughs> I would have watched this week of games. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and I didn't. Oh, oh boy. That's okay, Anthony. You know what? You sit back and listen a little bit, and you can make a comment about something like, ooh, that that Patrice is so hot or something. I don't know. Um, okay, yes. So, uh, this week in games, we had, uh, we had the two games down in Florida. I remember those two. Boy. There was, uh, there was flyers there on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I guess that, um, yeah, we'll group that in I there. did watch that one. Yeah, um... We, yeah, we, we kind of, I think we kind of glossed over that a little bit last okay, week, but yeah. we, but you know, we can just, because it, I think it, we recorded after that, right? Um, That's true, yeah, it was Easter, we recorded on Easter. Yeah, we did record on Easter. Um, yeah, so, they lost the Flyers game, they lost that one outright, didn't they? No overtime. It was overtime. Okay. Yeah, but Berge scored a scored the equalizer with that's like right three seconds. Three seconds. Go, right? Yeah, yeah was, fail- he just Ber- he just Berge the fuck out of that goal. I think it was uh, a failed <laughs> clearing attempt, and Berge just happened to like catch the cl- cl- uh, failed clearing and shot it and scored. Yeah. Ah, Patrice. All I really remember of that game is Closure trying to do the in between the legs move that William Carlson did, and I was like, you poser. He didn't, but didn't he pull it off? Wasn't the game? No, he hit his like skate. That? He scored, uh, but he hit his skate. Uh, uh, well, anyway, um, you know, at least they, they, they got a point out of that one. That wouldn't be the case for the other two games. No, and you know what? I got a, I got a, I got a hunch about why those games were there. I don't, I think the big thing is what they showed us is how absurdly important our two bottom six centers are. Oh, yeah. Uh, because those games were all without Riley Nash and Sean Corrali. Right. Particularly missing Nash. I think Corrali's easily accommodated by just putting a chariot center. Right. But it really exposed what this team is without Riley Nash, which is a little troubling for the long term, seeing as there's no way this team can afford to resign what he's going to, what he's going to uh, command in uh, free agency with his, with his scoring this year. So you're stealing my thunder. I was going to make that point. Yeah, because so Riley I Nash, think yeah, so Riley Nash. I think is that the reason this week didn't look great is, is because we've been without Riley Nash. Well, think about how much we had relied upon him too, especially when Patrice was out. Oh, I know. That's the thing. Our, Riley Nash has been so fucking essential for this team and versatile. Oh God, yeah. You, you. I, I missed Riley. Uh, I was glad to see him walk out and hand over his uh, jersey yesterday. That was cool. And I was like, when are you coming back? Not tonight, obviously. Pluto said he's skating tomorrow, I think. So so uh, whoever it is we're playing in round one on Thursday, um, we should be possibly back back up to Nash's and Corrali. At least Rick and and, and Corrali for sure. Riley, because he hasn't skated yet, isn't a guarantee. But I think his main constraints on whether or not he can get his helmet on his um, uh, swollen, like, like Joss Whedon, Dome. Um, it's got a big head. Yeah. Um, so we won't just so, be one nasty, we'll be too nasty again. That's right. We'll be, we'll be too nasty to describe. Mm-hmm. 40 stitches across your head. Not comfortable but at he, all. He didn't look bad. He really didn't look bad last night. No, I didn't. I didn't. He looked, he looked very nice in that suit, actually. I think it was more it was like, of like a. It was more of like the the Bacchus thing. You don't want to rip out the stitches. Um, 
and do uh, that kind of skin damage, I guess we'll say. But uh, yeah, it'll be good to have him back. Uh, Corrali, I have, uh, is he skating now? Yes, um, Corrali and Nash have both been skating. Yesterday, Corrali and Rick Nash were mentioned as possibilities for today. They're not going to, they're not going to play tonight. But um, uh, Cassidy basically said the two of them are in for game one. Okay, that's okay. That's good. Um, so, yeah, so Riley Nash is the only question mark come Thursday, and that sounds positive. Yeah, right after this, we'll talk about the playoffs a little bit. Um, I. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm trying to, trying to break, trying to break free of my pauses. Oh so, God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Clearly, I'm very offended. I have to wonder if the Bruins took it easy, um, knowing that okay, we beat Tampa three times, we could beat them again in the playoffs. And if you're down in a game, don't beat yourself up with so close to the playoffs. I wonder if they were sandbagging a bit. Yeah, I, there's no need to get yourselves hurt here. Hmm? No, no more hurt. <laughs> well, this is it. They know they're getting healthy again, but they also clearly recognize it's like, okay, we just lost a guy full stop. Oh, poor Carlo. So yeah. let's be careful. In that, that Tampa game, yes, they look like crap, but, okay, it's clear that they're not going to really win this game by the second period. Okay. Take the rest of the night off. Now, as a coach, as a player, you cannot say that. And maybe you should have played better up until that point. But so what? I mean, this narrative works because they have a chance to still get first overall tonight. Yeah. So. Now, if they'd locked it up a few games earlier, it would have been mm-hmm. nice if they could have, you know, given guys like yeah. Pasternak and Krug are guys specifically I have in mind on this uh, arrest. Um, but eh, you know what? Whatever. They do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. There's still four days till the next game. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that people who are tired and could really use a rest will find that extra gear. They'll have a couple of days off. I mean, but, the advantage, of course, is that almost everyone was injured in the last month, so almost everyone not named Brad, David, or Tori um, has had a rest recently. <laughs> and yeah. remember, Brad had a significant rest a couple of times during the season. Yes, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. True. Some of them were uninjured rests, so they were just, you know, Brad chilling out. Granted, it's because he did some some of the less savory Brad Marchand things that Brad Marchand does. But Yep. Yep. Um... Look, I know that fans don't like to see the team just kind of not winning and maybe not giving their all for the two games in between, but I'm okay. What do you have to prove at this point? And I think that's the biggest thing about Tampa, too, is that game was way more important to Tampa than it was to us. Well, and that's the thing. Tampa was playing motivated after getting the, especially after the previous Thursday's game. Yeah. That was a beautiful game. I love that game so much. Oh, that, I, 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 that game. I, I just, just, just stick that second round playoff series in my veins, please. Let's um. <laughs> thing. We know we can beat Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay didn't know that they could beat us. And the f- one win doesn't necessarily like that was a big win for them. But that one win doesn't necessarily stop doubt from creeping in because we've owned Tampa Bay recently. And well, and you know what? Here's the thing about that game too: is that Chara was only in his what second game back or third, and it was first, and it was McAvoy's first game back, and they come riding in and take first first pair, pairing defensive minutes. They're going to be a little rusty, right? Mm-hmm. So mm. we beat Tampa 
um, the last time anyway, without Chara and McAvoy. Well, what I'm saying is, is guys that are in the rhythm of it, even if they're inferior defensemen, are probably going to play better than the two of them with Rust. So, of course, that game didn't go as well as it could have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, look, everything's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's sunny in Bruins land. Uh, it is. Everything's awesome. I mean, we're, we're facing some interesting roster decisions coming up once, once everyone's healthy, but, uh, or... You know what? Why don't we just get into that? Uh, let's just let's 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 set the table here. Um, right now, the Bruins uh, will be playing their last game tonight at seven p.m. We're recording earlier in the day. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And of course, I, we wanted to all be together, right? So, so basically, uh, we're finishing up the regular season tonight, and it will determine this game if the Bruins win. Uh, they win the division and they get to play, who is it? The Devils. If they lose, they get second in the division and they play Toronto uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, first round. So, either way, it's not terrible. You know, um, I think we all have our preferences as to who they would rather play. Why don't we just talk about that? I'd rather play the Devils. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd I'd rather Toronto and Tampa beat up each other. And so we get a a team in the second round. If we, assuming we beat the Devils, uh, a team in the second round that's already had a really tough series to begin with. Honestly, the big thing for me for getting Devils is that I want to ensure this team has home ice advantage all the way through. Because matchups are enormously important for this team. Um, particularly, I mean, Toronto, we would have had that advantage regardless of we'll have that advantage regardless of where we finish, but like having home ice advantage against say Tampa in the second round will be gigantic. Now, I, you know, I do have one reservation and it might be minor and stupid, but you can go ahead and tell me that, um, at going against, uh, the devils. Do you think that people, uh, do you think the players will be gunning for Marshan? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm always shocked that there aren't more players gunning for Marchand all the time, regardless of who we play. But, but Johansson was out for a long time with that, that concussion. I, I don't think they will initially. I think if the series gets really, like, if, if the Bruins are, like, on the verge of sweeping the series, so that, I guess when the Devils gonna... have nothing to play for. Another thought, you know who they traded for? There's there's a couple two specific Bruins killers in this league and they traded for one of the two. Oh, Vanek? They they traded for Maroon. Oh, Maroon. Oh, that's right. Cuz I was like Vanek is somewhere else, isn't he? I don't know where. Yeah, Vanek's in uh, Columbus. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, they traded for they traded for Maroon. Now, keep in mind, I don't think Maroon was ever a Bruins killer when he was with the Ducks, just since he's been in in Edmonton, so maybe it doesn't matter because he's not going to be playing next to, you know, Connor motherfucking McDavid. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he's not something to be worried about, but it's also just like, oh. I'd rather not worry about him, right? <laughs> I would I would very much rather not worry about, about about Patrick Maroon, yes. Now, and I feel awful saying, grumbling about being worried about Patrick Maroon on a team that has players like Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri and 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 so on, right? But mm-hmm. it still makes me uncomfortable. I just quickly seeing what he's achieved with the Devils. Three. Oh, he's only scored three goals with the Devils in seventeen games. Okay, yeah. Um, 
you 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 take away the you take away his McDavid binky. He's not so good. Maybe that helps. Okay. He's, it's like he's marooned on an island or something. Oh, oh Tim. <laughs> <laughs> <a> softball. <laughs> <laughs> this is Taylor Hall's first playoff series. Oh wow! Now we know he's really good luck for the lottery. What about now though? They'll still win the lottery. <laughs> that would be something else considering it's also not possible <laughs> they'll uh they'll trade for the lottery winning pick wow no he'll get traded for the lottery winning pick. <laughs> <laughs> hey taylor how do you feel like how do you feel about going back to edmonton <laughs> you know you know that, that'd be a one for one i'm a taylor hall for defenseman trade that would actually be worth the time Taylor Hoffman, the pick that becomes uh, D- D- Dallin? Sure. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just wanted to point out that thing because I heard that uh, recently. I was like, holy shit, that's correct. That's it's, This is his first playoff series. Amazing. He's been in the league how long? Since Tyler Sagan. Yeah, he's, he's 26 now. So, so 10-11 was his first season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, in terms of other potential narratives with that series as well, um, of course, um, the, the Devils have 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 brief have momentary Bruin Drew Stafford and also Jimmy Hayes and and assured Masterton winner um, Brian Boyle. Oh yeah, Brian Boyle. They they, they 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 probably engraved his name on that. Like oh, the first game he came he played after um after his treatment. Right. Well, hey, it's a it's a magnificent story. Although so. it's interesting, which is kind of a shame because there's at least two players who I hope are the runners up in the end. I hope um, uh, Eric Carlson and Jordan Stahl are the runners up because that fucking blows on both cases. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because I actually, I, yeah, because I think Matt Stajan, when he and his wife lost a lost an infant, was a he didn't win that year either, but he was a runner up as well. <sighs> yeah, that is awful. I don't know how to recover from that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's my bad for even bringing that up. Uh. Um, okay. Now, also, I think the reason I want Devils over Toronto is I want no part in the 4-1 narrative being thrown at our face, especially if the Bruins start to stumble. Oh! Oh! Yeah, the, the, the 2013 revenge narrative would be strong. And I, and I don't want that. Especially living in Canada where you're always drowning in Leafs coverage. Fuck that noise! <laughs> Are they like the only Canadian team in? No, Winnipeg's in. That's right. Okay. Yeah, Winnipeg's very good. Yeah. I for, I, well, I you know they've been very kind of quietly doing that. Uh, but because uh, they're Winnipeg, you know, like like a Winnipeg, Minnesota um, first round series. That's just. Oh God! <laughs> uh, well, actually, if it makes you feel any better, the mild will probably just fall over because they don't have Suter. Cause he also... Yeah, that's not a good scene for them. Like that, that's that's bad. Because actually, apparently, that team has been like watchable this year. But now Ryan Suter, they're just going to be they're just going to implode. Um, and Eric Stahl suddenly decided to become really good again. Yeah, and people act like people are now acting like we shouldn't have been surprised about this. Like, really? Did anyone watch him those last couple seasons in Carolina? Or God forbid, on the rags? <laughs> he what? No, like his final. He had, was I think his final season in Carolina only had thirty three points. He has forty something goals this year. I know. Like, I mean, I, I, I will say this, and I've said it on the podcast before. And Nick, you were blown away. I've never particularly liked Eric Stahl's game, but oh. good on him for you know finding it again. Yeah. 
now in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the? I think he's the first mild player to hit that forty goal mark. No, Gabrick must have hit forty goals when he was with the Mild, right? It's possible. Maybe it was the second. I don't know. First and probably first since Gabrick. Oh, definitely the first since Gabrick. Well, hang on, we'll find out if Gabrick ever did forty with the uh, with the, with the Mild. Yes, he did. Gabrick did forty-two goals in 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 seven oh eight with the Mild. Okay. Ah, Stahl tied the franchise. That's what I saw. Stahl tied the franchise record for goal in the season with 42. That's what I saw. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I, I learned this year more than any other year that you can just, you can have players who just don't work out in certain places and then just insert them somewhere else. And then boom, so much better, like a much better player than you thought they were. Doesn't happen with By all players. Way. Yeah, speaking of players ending up elsewhere, how is it possible that Tyler Sagan just had a 40-goal season and it appears that no one's noticed? I realize it's because Dallas is not good, but like I find that kind of hilarious. That t- Tyler Sagan's become so irrelevant that he scored 40 goals this year and everyone's like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Um, it, it amuses me. <laughs> I, point. I think it's a really great thing, but yeah, the, the stars aren't good, and I, I knew that. Yeah, but isn't it expected of him, though? At this point, uh, it's expected of Ty Ty to score all the goals. Yeah, who who else is going to score in Dallas besides him and Jamie Ben? Well, Radulov, um, Spezza. If he did, and, and no. Spezza should have if he didn't suddenly decide he was thirty nine instead of his actual age of thirty four. Hang on, let me let me ground truth that claim. Jamie Ben doesn't get a lot of assists. That's uh, because Jamie Ben's a selfish lover. <laughs> Very much so. He doesn't get down in the dirty areas. Wow. <laughs> that will never stop amusing me. <laughs> never. <laughs> like, you know, I could like walk up to Jamie Ben in the street and go, nah. <laughs> I know all about you. Apparently, the Flames and Oilers coaches are going to meet with um, the survivors of the Humboldt crash in Saskatoon. I just got the news update. I thought it was really cool that Winnipeg and Chicago last night, their nameplates uh, just said Broncos. Right. And that, uh, that wasn't right. just a, it wasn't a warm-up thing. That was the entire game. Wow. And the Bruins yesterday, Bruins game yesterday, naming um, Bruins sons naming the the, the 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 Humboldt Broncos the first star too. All right, so let's get back on track here, guys. Uh, okay, so we've all pr- basically said we don't really want Toronto to be the team that the Bruins face in the first round. Let's talk about the Bruins lineup. Who do you think is going to get scratched? Because we're going to have a a bevy of uh, of forwards. Essentially, our defense is hopefully going to hold together. <laughs> okay, well, so I think everyone agrees that Wingles and Gianta are first off the board, right? It's what saying, happens next. If you have both Nashes and Corrali healthy, that puts you at 13 forwards. Um. Okay, wait a minute. I have to go through them in my head right now. Oh, so Donato, Heinen. Donato, Heinen, DeBrusque, back is Nash. Right, right. Is, um, that sets five middle six, middle six wingers. Gosh, I don't want to sit Donato because he's like got a hot hand. Obvious, um, DeBrusque, his first game back was dynamite and plays so well with Krejci. And Krejci's, you know, he's, he's, Krejci's been vocal about how bad the instability's been for him. So, like, you got to give him 
DeBrusque at a minimum. And I, I'm having a hard time with, because I love that third line of uh, Heinen, uh, Riley, and uh, Bacchus. Yes, and um, and uh, after how much he paid for Rick Nash, if he's healthy, you are playing Rick Nash. Right. Um, right, right, right. So, so we, we, we've successfully demoted no one. Um. <laughs> okay, uh, Corrali is suspect only in the respect that um, you could have a Chari slot over. Yeah, I do think Corrali's the weakest link on that fourth line, but I love that fourth line. I love that fourth line, too. I, I love that. that fourth line. But, the small line. But I, I don't want to scratch either Donato or Heinen. This is this puts me in. This is a situation, guys. <laughs> See, I'm not scratching Donato or Heinen. What I'm doing is when Corrali and the Nashes are healthy, I'm playing the Nashes. I'm sitting Wingles and Gianta, and unfortunately, Corrali doesn't get into the lineup for me because I'm not sitting Heinen or Donato. Could you platoon? Uh... Donato and Heinen. You basically try to do it uh, matchup based. I guess so. I mean, because you, you're not going to roll thirteen dress thirteen forwards because then no. you're only dressing five defense. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, like you know, game I, by game basis. Yeah, or like you know, swap them out, like a just like stagger them, like uh, you know, Donato plays game one, and then Heinen plays game two, and then if Heinen isn't doing as well as Donato does, then you just keep Donato. I don't know. Well, it's like, I, I've been thinking that Donato was the odd man out because he hadn't he'd been pretty quiet for a long time, but then he had a two game point two two point game last night. I think Heinen must have sensed danger or something. He's like, hang on, let's, let's make a statement here. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't really know what to do there. Uh, um, I don't want to yeah. do. I don't want to stagger Heinen and Donato just because I. I feel like if you do that, you don't give either player a chance to get in the rhythm with the series. Okay, Nick. I'll point out that. The, sorry, Nick. It, go ahead. Sorry. This is my bold suggestion. I know we traded a lot for Nash. Uh, uh, Rick Nash, but you put him on the fourth line. No, I don't like that idea. See, I still I like Nash because um, he I still you can still use him on the power play and God and if you need him he's still there for the penalty kill because I think of all those forwards you mentioned I think Donato's the most talented and the most vital. And I, agree. I like the, I, I'd say Donato and DeBrusque are my favorite yeah. two of that, of those five for sure. And DeBrusque played surprisingly well on his off wing. So there's your second line wingers. The third line. Is yeah, to me, once everyone's healthy, you don't mess with a good thing. You leave that. And then you have a very, to me, a very powerful fourth line. Or see, I think the, they're more likely to put Heinen on the fourth than Nash. Here's a question uh, for you. See, see, I love Heinen. He's a good two-way player. He's a little slight for the way they run that fourth line, though. Yes, VA. I got it! Thank you for... for yeah. Okay, all right. Corrali is out. Achari slides over. And you have... Um, Donato play the offside, uh, the off wing, the right wing. Or if Schaller can play it better, then you you swap those guys out. But I, I don't know. I don't know, though. Schaller. I mean, part of the thing with that fourth line is it's been given, like, brutally hard minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if, if – I can't – I still haven't decided yet if, if Donato's that, that kind of two-way player. So if you're going to demote someone to the fourth line, should someone that flat, flat fits into that two-way style, which – Heinen's really good for, for example, despite not having the build for the way that fourth line rolls. But then again, if he's being sent, if he has Schaller on the other wing and Chari in the middle, there's no need for beef. Those are two big boys. <laughs> well, I, I'm just trying to find a way to, to because I do, you know, I like Nash on the, on that, that uh, second line, 
that's kind of why he was brought in to be that winger for Krejci. I love Debrusk on the other side. Heinen, I I think Heinen functions well on that third line, but I also he's like kind of the weak link, but I, I kind of want to keep him together with that third line because I think once Riley Nash comes back, it's different, right? It's a, it's oh, a different exactly. Because even when when that line's been best, it was Nash, Heinen that were stirring in strength. Bacchus was effective and good, but arguably the passenger on that line. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You have a good point that your role in that third line, having Heinen there is pretty essential. Could Bacchus play the fourth line? Like center Achari and or did, either way, either have I would I personally I'd rather have Achari at center if that's the case. But I mean, part of the thing with that fourth line is it's pretty fast for its size, right? And Bacchus True. is not not yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, but what that's what makes that third line work in a way is that you've got uh, Riley. Ashes. None of them are overly fast players, right? Right. That's part of why that third line works because they got they're they're well synced up in terms of speed. Riley Nash is a bit faster than the other two because Heinen is not the fastest skater despite its build. Um, All right. I guess, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about a lot of things here. I think we just have to each name a player that we, we're going to pull out and make it work. I'm, pull, <laughs> I'm pulling Corrali out and um, having the two Nashes play and uh, when they're all when all three of them are healthy. I, unfortunately, that's the case. And I, but I think that for me, with Gianta Wingles and Corrali, Corrali is my 13th forward, like the first guy up um, if they need someone to go in. Okay. I'm with Kim on this one. Um, I do think it's not going to be a consistent thing. It's going to be matchup based. Bottom line is that you have any of these guys as your 13th forward. You're in a good place. Yep. This is a good problem to have. Absolutely. As they like to say, all season long we've been saying this. It's because it's a good thing to, to have to worry about this as opposed to like, oh my God, who are we going to put in? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I, we don't have the people. No, like, you know, this is good. This is good. I guess that also pivots to the McQuaid or Holden. McQuaid for me, a hundred percent. I've liked Holden. I liked Holden a lot, but with based on which defense we're missing, McQuaid fits more as replacing Carlo. Also, Holden against Tampa Bay. Oh my god, that was his first bad game as a Bruin, though, right? Like that's a thing. <laughs> but it was spectacularly bad. We we jumped the gun a little bit. We didn't have other people weigh in on the other thing. Sorry, guys. Oh my bad. Nick and Anthony, if you have thoughts on on forwards, <laughs> uh, who you're gonna pull out? I already, I already told you. Yeah, it's, I think it's gonna be Corelli. I wouldn't be surprised that if if the refs call a real tight game one, if Schaller comes out in place of Corelli for penalty kill. But... I don't, I don't know about that. Schaller's been so good this year, and you know he's he's definitely a Cassidy guy. And he's a world famous scientist. He yeah. is. He's a noted scientist. And he won that award last night, the Dufresne Award, because his charity work is fantastic. <laughs> and think about how sad all the Timmy, all the Timmy heads would be. <laughs> yeah, come on. They're totally going to be out there in force. We're not pulling and, Tim Schaller. Come on now. And plus, like I've said many times, I used to play hockey with the guy who played hockey with Tim Schaller. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I feel like... No, no, no. I'm not going to take this moment from... from Tim in New Hampshire. That's that's fine. It's I, I I need to talk about my boy, but I'll talk about him later. Carlo or the or Achari? Look, I I I can't keep talking about Carlo. I will cry. Okay, so you mean Achari? Okay, when you say your boy, I have to clarify that. I I, I know I, I do have a couple of boys, but but Carlo is is gonna get well, and I resisted the urge to go to Mass General to go visit him. <laughs> that's probably a prudent choice. <laughs> no, I I wasn't gonna do that. I'm not a stalker, but you know. It was fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking New Hampshire out of this. 
can't you're not pulling New Hampshire. You're not pulling Rhode Island. Sorry, Ohio. You're Ohio. We, <laughs> we, we love you, Sean Corelli, but there will be a place for you soon. Just Is not he right from now. Ohio? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scratch him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scratch Ohio here. We don't need them. Done. <laughs> wow. That, you know what? We should just ju- done by geography. We could have figured yeah. it all there. Oh, my God. All right. So we're all reluctantly taking Sean Corelli out of the lineup right now. We're going to have to see if Bruce Cassidy agrees with us in a couple of days time. We're assuming the playoffs will start on Thursday. We don't know. Yeah, that's how it is. Now, I think we should get into the meat of this episode finally. <laughs> uh, a few weeks back when I figured out that this was the 100th episode... I figured we would do a musical. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Boston Bruins are great. Yes, it's they are. It's love. Uh, I, it is. I was really hoping that Jeff and, and Nick could get together and sing a song about Tuka Rask. <laughs> <laughs> y- 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 y'all got me singing like three times during the um, uh, d- d- during the, the game watching episode. Come on. That's, that's very true. Yeah, and I like saying I sung half of Viva Las Vegas before that first game back in October too. If you, you want. Know. I can actually use my uh, my computer as an amp, and I can record my bass directly into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I sing so many opportunities, especially when I think about Rick Nash. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a it's it's not a music episode. It's not a musical. Although I would never not entertain that idea. Because I'm, you know, I'm in. I would love a musical episode. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. I'll how, do it. I don't care how poorly you sing. I just, you know, sing. Just sing. It's like a beautiful expression of your soul. I mean, I used to be a very good singer, and then like puberty hit, and then my voice got deeper, and then I was not no longer very good. Mm. It would be great to have like Bruins karaoke. I got very excited when I figured out this was the 100th episode because um, a couple of our favorite topics we could combine right now as, ready, 63 plus 37 equals 100. Two of our favorite topics are Brad Marchand. And Patrice Bergeron. And now we're going to combine them together into one thing. We'll be simultaneously Bradley and Bergie on topic. Oh my god. Oh. I can't. We'll be like Bergley on topic. Bergley. Oh my god. It's so exciting. I can't. Or Bragley on topic. <laughs> I think my brain blew up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in there too. Uh, and I'm trying to keep it together. I mean, like my brain blowing up is what happens every time I watch the two of them on the ice. They have, they because we've talked about this before, but I just can't be talked about enough. There is only two players now, now as of today, no longer in the league who have the kind of synergy that the two of them do. Right. And to be fair, one of them is a hologram of the first, so they don't count, and they're retired now. <laughs> yes, they actually are retired now. <laughs> oh, you're, oh! You're talking about the Sedins. I'm sorry, I was looking again. At one's a hologram of the other. Yeah. Well, it's funny <laughs> that you actually decided to bring up the Sedins because you know <laughs> that is where I wanted to start out. 
<laughs> oh, yes. look at that. That's perfect. <laughs> oh. We did not discuss this beforehand, but it just worked out perfectly. Now, Brad Marchand, noted agitator. You can call him a pest. You can call him rat. It's called the nose face killer. This week, he sent out a tweet. Congrats on a great career to the Sedins, two of the best playmakers to ever play the game. All the best in retirement. And then there were 357 tweets in between that and the next one. A lot of angry people. You're acting like I took something from you. I'm just like, Brad was really gracious there. He could have totally trolled them because that would have been completely on brand, but he didn't. He's just like, these are good players. They're retired now. That fucking blows. On the other hand, kisses his ring. Um. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was it was perfect. It was just the perfect Brad moment where he was just like, he was using Twitter in the best way possible. <laughs> well, it's, it's fantastic, too, because he was being so, so good about it. But everyone just like, okay, at this point, even when Brad tries to be good, people just assume the worst. So, you know, again, this is why he's now the NHL's Ric Flair. And he knows it, which is <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. So that was a beautiful Brad moment from this week. And yes, you're right. He was trying to be nice. And he's, you know, and and you can kind of do a very subtle troll there if you want, you know. Uh, but everybody was like congratulating Sadines this week. He chimed in too. And everybody took it the wrong way. And then he was just like, okay, well, I still have my ring. <laughs> it's like i was being nice guys but if you're all gonna be dicks about it pumps <laughs> mocks lifting the cup <laughs> i mean he 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 said that nice thing about the sedines this week he got to pump bobby lou's tires this this week as well because bobby lou won that that game that 1000th game of his um, i think honestly i think the bruins might have deliberately thrown that one as favored bobby lou seeing as they've caused him a lot of pain in his life Yep. Yep. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's great. That's fine. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to ESPN on ice, which is uh, one of the national ones that I listened to. Wyshynski and Kaplan, they spoke with Sean Thornton. We all know Sean Thornton. And, you know, they were talking about Brad Marchand and Sean said something in, in the, um, uh, you know, in the, the description that was given on Twitter, it sounded like Sean Thornton was going to say something terrible about Brad. Right. It's clickbait, of course. But I was going to listen to the episode anyway, because I'm subscribed. So I listened to it and I was like, oh, Sean Thornton didn't say anything bad about Brad, because what he said was this. You know, Brad plays with an edge. He always has. He skirts the line like so many players do. Part of his game, unfortunately, is this pest thing, this agitation thing, this like kind of, well... Stepping so close and over the line of judgment in these, uh, you know, where he, he will hurt somebody or he'll spear them or he'll, he'll do something because he gets mad. That's just, it's part of his game. And it's like, and, and Sean Thornton said, you know, that's just part of so many players games. So it's just, you know, but for him, uh, he gets fined and he gets suspended because I think this was after, or no, it was just before his most recent fine, but it, you know, he's been fined and suspended in the last year itself. So I love Brad. I don't want him to change his game. I, do I want him to do some of the things that he does on the ice? No, but I all know. I, I know that we all have those things that we do. I'm with you here on this one. Cause like of late, I don't know if necessarily of his um, uh, dirt baggeries picked up pace or if he's just not getting the benefit of the doubt ever anymore. But like that has to be a factor. There, there, there's 
I hope he can find a way to continue doing Brad Marchand things without having, to, without maybe lowering the frequency of that kind of Brad Marchand thing. Well, you heard that he got suspended for Josh Morrissey's hit on uh, Grizzly the other week for five games, right? Yes, five yeah, games. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I <laughs> yeah. that. Everything about that entire series of incidents was fucked anyway, but yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I think there's a truth that he's not getting the benefit of the doubt anymore. No, and, and yeah, although to be fair, he's also, I mean, like that fine last week, honestly, I think, that, I, I think there isn't a single other player in the league that even gets a hearing on that. Well, yeah, the cross-check. Yeah. Now, I, okay, a single other relevant player in the league that even gets a hearing for that. How about that? And you know what, what's really weird is that he got penalized for it, right? And I completely forgot that it even happened after that. Because I thought, oh, he went to the box. And it was like, it was such a nothing moment of the game to me. Yeah, I, I realize now he, he did cross-check somebody in the head. I, I, I remember it. But it didn't it was, mean much to he, me. He'd also that. just been, he'd also just been boarded, right? Right. Like I think that's ultimately probably why he didn't get suspended for it is because the dops have to recognize. Okay, he just got boarded, right? He yeah, did get like, boarded. Like, they basically told him, "Like Brad, you can't do that." But we're not going to suspend you for that because we understand. But seriously, don't fucking do that. That's probably almost exactly the conversation he had with Paros on the phone. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached the ends of VA's patience on this matter. Anyway, Brad. You know what I'm going to say about Brad's play? Tell you what I think about Brad's play. It's going to be fucking fantastic in the playoffs when they call less bullshit. Boom! <laughs> yep. The hammer. Nick Badge still coming to you. <laughs> From the top rope. <laughs> 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 that was very fitting top rope today's Wrestlemania <laughs> I'll give you some Wrestlemania <laughs> yes we're talking about Brad Marchand and his incidents on the ice and what he's getting blamed for and what he shouldn't get blamed for and so on and so forth but you know what he had to play a stretch of games how many games was it like 11 or 13 games without Patrice Bergeron and he just went fucking madhouse when he did it yeah like, like, okay, he's not going to get much much traction on the, on the heart thing. He's probably not going to get but he should be a fucking Selkie finalist. Maybe not a win, winner, because Winger's not named Jerry Layton and don't win that award. But, but, but wait um, a minute! <laughs> but we've all agreed that Patrice Bergeron is getting that. Well, yeah, of course, that's my point. That's why I said finalist, not winner. Okay, all right. <laughs> I get nervous. I get nervous. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're going to rename that the Patrice Bergeron Clary Award rather than the Frank J. Selkie, right? I mean, they have to. Do they have to put the Clary in there? It's on the cup. Because because Bergeron's just sexier. But it's on the cup, so they probably they, would. They did give him the hyphen on the cup. It's true. Oh, and yeah. when he's now, and, and when he's retired, he'll probably be Patrice Bergeron Clary on his uh, on his on his banner too. When you think about it, because like really, Rob Full, they, the Bruins do that. Robert G. or Raymond Bork? No, 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 no. So obviously, they're not. They're, they're not just going to say Aubrey Dit Clapper. Yep. Good example. Very good example. <laughs> and I, I did read somewhere, like, outside of, like, the rink, when he, like, writes his name, it's Bergeron Clary. Well, you know, what it is, yeah. is, is the league doesn't like hyphens. And I mean, also... Nugent, Ryan oh. Nugent Hopkins get it, but, like, uh, Jonathan Marchessault is um, uh, Jonathan Audi Marchessault, for example. Granted, one of them has 14 letters, so, of course, you're going to cut one of the names out. Um, and when Bergeron came to the league, he was not close with his father, Clary. So he never he didn't adopt it, and then he uh, uh, patched things up and has now since added it back to his name. What? Aww. That can't possibly be. 
been true because Patrice has been perfect since he was born. Well, maybe hey. his dad was. A, maybe his maybe dad, his dad was a heel, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But I That's, think yeah. I, when I think of Patrice, I think of the power of um, redemption and and forgiveness. Well, and ultimately, well, that's the way it went. But he had to grow into it, right? You know, a teenage Jesus was probably an asshole, too. <laughs> I would I would love to see a movie about teenage asshole Jesus. Wow. <laughs> There's a reason his entire teenage years are glossed over in, in the Bible. He goes from being an infant to being 36 in the span of a few pages. Teenage and, tw- teenage and 20-something Jesus was definitely a douchebag. Wait, first of all, I thought he was 33 when he died. Could Something we call like it ter- okay. Teenage Dirtbag and have that Weedest song as the theme song? <laughs> well, as a person who once studied the Bible for 12 years and went through Christian school all, most of his life, there's actually a story of him when he was 12 in the temple. Oh. So, but he's technically not a teenager. Ever? I mean, I'm sure he was a teenager at one point, but there's no stories, at least in the... Uh, the Bible, what we think of. Well, is no, the Bible because he today. was a total dick. We just established that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got to say, how great would it be to be, be the, the scriptwriter and then the director of of, of, a, of of a teenage douchebag Jesus movie? Because like, <laughs> because like the, the the fundies would all be burning you in effigy. And that generally means that generally means you're doing something right. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it would just be a Mel Gibson movie now. <laughs> oh, no, no, Mel Gibson's one of them. Um, yeah, he is one of them. It would be anti-Mel Gibson. <laughs> All right, so now that I have firmly established that I'm going to hell if there is one. Uh... <laughs> I have lava front condo. It's as simple as that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kick it old school with Jesus. That's why I look like him. Yeah, you could totally play um... something Jesus, right? <laughs> I could I could probably wear this this hat I'm wearing right now. By the way, listeners, I am totally wearing a Carolina Hurricanes hat. I'm uh, I'm still wearing the Canada Cowboy hat. So cool. You know, I commit to theme. <laughs> I'm wearing my uh, Stars and Stripes Red Sox hat. So I'm not wearing a hat, but I am wearing yeah. a special jersey. I'm not wearing a hat, nor am I wearing a special jersey. You don't know who I'm wearing, do you? Oh no, Bacchus. No. Actually, what? Bacchus. Nope. I guessed. Yep. You're going to guess? See, is your new Tuco one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a yes. Should the rest of us still guess, or what's going on now? It's Tuco! It's Tuco. And the new shirts are actually kind of nice. They're a little thinner. I'm yeah, a, I kind of like that with about the uh, Krug one you got me, actually. It's a uh, fabric. Like, it looks like it'll hold up better long term than my Bergie one does, which I is one's a disaster. Uh, let's, yeah, okay, let's we're going to go back to, to Brad. You know, what What I really love about Brad and his maturity, not just on the ice, is that he knows that he owes so much to Bergie, taking the time oh. to help him with stuff. And he's just, man, those guys are like brothers. Like, like Brad's you, you, like... You gotta, you gotta love your best friend the way Brad loves Bergeron. Oh my god. What was it this earlier this year when he was like talking about like what makes uh, Bergie so special? Or, you know, or it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's won the two gold medals and, you know, he's won the Stanley Cup and he's he's done all these things. But, you know, mostly I think his greatest achievement is being Patrice Bergeron. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I can agree with that. And, and you know the thing about Brad is he gets, gets, he gets bagged for being an asshole on the ice. And uh, people in Halifax here absolutely despise him. In fact, they even say awful things about his family. Oh. Because, when, because when he was the most, with the Mooseheads, 
And when he, I guess, you know, some of his early career when he was back in summers, he was, I've heard enough stories. Okay. Yes. He was an irredeemable asshole here. And apparently the rest of his family is very similar to this. But here's the thing about Brad is he's never, ever at any point, even when he was brand new in Boston, ever liked that there, which I've always found very interesting. Oh, is it a, was it a big fish in a small pond thing? Or, well, uh, I mean, he'd do things that were like inexcusably bad from what I understand. Like things like, you know, drive away without paying for gas and shit. Oh, God. Jeez. These are things I've been told. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't know the validity of this at all. It's sort of like how I've heard stories from one of my friends, from one of my friends at work about his training regimen and that Crosby and McKinnon aren't allowed to train with him. I don't know if I believe that at all, but it's a neat story. True. Why wouldn't they be allowed to train with him? Because he's lifting like enormous amounts more weight than their, their trainers are even willing to allow them to, let alone. And they feel like he, they would, he, they would try to keep up with Brad. Meanwhile, I don't really see why they would, because one of them said he's fucking Crosby. He may do as he pleases. Right. But, uh, <laughs> Crosby's actually really strong. Well, they all are. Well, exactly, right? Yeah. But, like, the point there being is, is that, yeah, it's, uh, Brad's hated here, and he's made a point of never even, like, he doesn't even have that off-ice reputation right? in Boston. He never has, apart from some vague stories about hooliganry after the cup. But he was, you know, 21 and just won the cup. Of course he was going to be uh, ridiculous, right? And he had a partner in crime, too. <laughs> Starly yes. Cup champion. <laughs> I don't I've never understood why he gets made fun of that. That's that, that, that's on his his tattoo artist for being fucking illiterate. Um, <laughs> who was actually um, Ference's tattoo artist? He brought him up. Oh. So like, yeah. I mean, you've got to just feel bad for everyone involved because that guy's work is actually really good. Hmm. So I really wonder what happened there. Did they like get him drunk with them in the in the in the, in the locker room, and then he went to town with the with, with the um uh, with the tattoo pen? Is that it? Um, I mean, you 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 make a little smudge, and you're like, oh shit. But the sign of a good tattoo artist can pivot and immediately fix almost anything. Right? Yeah, I mean, my guess is yeah, they they were all probably feeling pretty good at a party. <laughs> yeah, or he um, did it on purpose. <laughs> it's kind of a uh, shitty thing, but. <laughs> I once knew a tattoo artist that I would never get a tattoo from because he liked to put testicles in everything. Oh, oh my God. Secret testicles. That's awful. That is awful. Secret testicles. Like wow. you would have to really look and then you'd find the testicles. That's, that's like, that's like being the Disney artist that like do backflips to try to work dicks in images. Yep. So I was like, well, nope. That's I don't. funny. I don't want, I really don't want that from this guy. Um, and uh, luckily, I don't think he's even down in Newport anymore. But anyway, yeah, that's fun. I, you know, when I was at, at uh, what was it, Meteor Crater? Yes, yeah, that's where it was, out in Arizona. And we ran into some people from uh, Nova Scotia and, uh, or Halifax. And I think Glenn was wearing the Marchand shirt. I was wearing another Bruins shirt, jersey. Uh, and, uh, they said something to us about Brad. I'm like, oh, we love Brad, <laughs> you know? And they were just like, oh, he, we don't like him in town, blah, 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 blah. And he does all these things. And I'm like, oh, but you know what? He's, he's not like that in Boston. <laughs> I, have a, I have a suspicion he hasn't been like that in Halifax in a fucking decade. <laughs> Cause every, everything I've heard are all mostly vague things from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, you have to be careful about that stuff. But you know what? People change. People can redeem themselves. Lord knows we all have. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, we've talked so much about how much Brad's changed over the years, how much we love him. 
But I almost feel like we haven't talked enough about Bergie, which sounds impossible. <laughs> I mean, but the problem is, what do you say? He's, he's fucking perfect. Here's the interesting thing. I actually think his importance in Boston has been understated. Oh, it always has been, right? I mean, like, even when we won the cup, he wasn't, you know, I mean, it, actually, when we won the cup occurred at a very interesting moment in Bergeron's career, if you really think about it. He'd, uh... He'd just come back from the, the concussion by a year well, or so, right? It. So he wasn't even coming close to scoring again like he had before the concussion, or what he has years, and what he's finally started to do years afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't, you know, heralded this, 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 this avatar of, of two-way play, right? Um, this was still during the period of time when generally Datsuk dominated the Selkie. I think Ryan Kessler won at the cup, won at our cup mm-hmm. year um, on account of scoring 40 goals, uh, not necessarily because of actual Selkie reasons. And so, so it kind of comes at the, possibly the least heralded moment of, of his career is that cup win. And I... Yeah, he still had two goals in that in Game Seven. It's sort of what I'm getting at. It's like even when he's been almost an afterthought, he was still kicking ass and taking names. It was subsequent when he became this dominant two-way, known as this dominant, unstoppable two-way force. I, I think that he he should, he's not, well, he's more so now he is, but he's someone that should kind of be revered in Boston sports, kind of like, basically like an Ortiz's around Boston or something like that. Well, there's an interesting question. And I was thinking about this this week. I didn't pose it then because I kind of wanted to sit on it. Ultimately... Who is a more essential and defining part of their team for the era that they played there in Boston? And I know the answer is what, which one's the answer is going to be. And it's not going to be Bergie because one of these is an extreme case. But like you have, you know, he, he plays with an era dominated by three players for the big report, three sports. I don't pay attention to basketball, so I have no comment. Paul Pierce was going to. Yeah, I was going to. I was going to say Paul Ortiz Pierce and Hart, or, or Ortiz and um, and um, Brady and Brady, yeah. Obviously, Brady's going to run away with the answer on this one. He's, he's, he's far and away the most important defining feature of this era uh, of, of the Pats, besides Belichick and, Belichick and kind of sort of cheating occasionally. Um, uh, you can, I'm, not you refer- can... I'm, not, I'm not referring to Deflategate. I'm talking about the videos. <laughs> um, but like, the point, point is, is, okay, if it wasn't for Brady, this would be a runaway, right? Even over Ortiz. Yes, no? Thoughts? No. Maybe I'm biased because other sports just are not even kind of on my radar. So maybe I'm yeah. not the right person to be answering I mean, this. Yeah, or, Ortiz Ortiz would still probably win it just because Ortiz was part of three championships with the Red Sox. I guess that's true. I forget that Ortiz was essential for breaking the curse. Yes, 04, mm-hmm. and then one again in 07. And then in 2013 uh, was the year he actually won World Series MVP. And he hit like 700 in the World Series, and which he's is an absolutely animal that postseason. Yeah, I mean, he basically helped kill the Tigers with that grand slam that he hit. And the only blemish that Ortiz does have is he was mentioned in the Mitchell report, which came out in like 2000. Uh, well, the report was actually done in like 2003, but like it didn't come out until like later on but he was, was like mentioned 04? i think it came out 04 and for some reason i think his name didn't come out till later oh, yeah. yeah it was like oh six oh seven and um because his name was in it and manny's was in it and manny ended up being suspended a couple times after the fact when he was not with the red Sox. so that's the one blemish ortiz does have though they've tr- 
MLB and Ortiz has tried to kind of repair that because it's not actually stated that he tested positive for steroids, just that he tested positive for something. And no one's been able to tell him what he actually tested positive for because the the results were uh, destroyed. So he doesn't know what it was he was tested positive for. And when he tested positive at that time, though a lot of those things weren't illegal yet in baseball and um and major league baseball came out and said like the year that he retired that like his name should have never come out of like that and it was awful that it did that and all this stuff to try to repair that a little bit but i i don't like the way the question was set up i i like to look at each of the sports i i think it's really hard to 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 compare players across sports uh, because of just the way that the the different sports are. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I do think maybe I shouldn't have worded it that way, just on the count of, like, Brady makes it impossible to make that comparison for starters when one of them is the greatest player to ever play that play their position. <laughs> uh, but, but I think it's fair enough to say, like, especially when you, you talk about Patrice Bergeron or, like, Paul Pierce or Brady or David Ortiz to say like that person in the, t- the era that they played, they were the most important piece to that team. Because if you pull them out, everything kind of falls apart. Um, but on the other hand, the entirety, entirety of, of Versheron's dominance, this is not a, it's not a one horse team, right? I mean, you have Chara, you have, you, you, you have Brad. Right. Right. Um, so it's, you, a, it's an era with Tim Thomas and with Tuka Rask. It's a, uh, I suppose I still fall heavily on this is Bergeron's team. This is the Bergeron era end sentence, but it's a harder argument to make than most of those other teams. Well, even with Ortiz though, they had the Red Sox had other players in 04. They also had Manny and that 2007 team was probably one of the better baseball teams to win the world series recently of all the teams that have won. That's like one of the better teams in the last 10 years. Oh, and 04 had Schilling. Yeah, they had and Pedro and yeah. Derek Lowe they had a bunch. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah. Know. So 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 team sports involve a team. Go figure. Well, well, but what I'm saying is, though, in terms of defining it as an yeah. era, Bergeron will have never been just the singular guy. Whereas all those guys, their team, their, their cast of characters rotated around them almost completely at some point or another, right? Bergeron has had some of the same uh, co-pilots the entire time. That's well, the main since difference. since 2006. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what I find interesting about looking at um uh Bergie's stats. Okay, let's just let's look at his scoring stats. I didn't realize it took him 8 years to get back to scoring 30 goals. Yeah. He scored 31 in 2005 and 6 season and then he didn't score 30 goals again until 2013-14 when everybody was awesome that year. <laughs> uh, the President's Cup win- winning year, the losing in the first round of the f- or the second second, it, round. second round second round of the playoffs year, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's pretty impressive. And that's true because oh eight oh nine, he still only scored eight goals in sixty four games. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like in some ways Claude benefited him. Like uh, he had learned so much from the game from Claude from becoming defensively responsible over time because he wasn't fully formed. He learned a lot from Recky and other players, obviously going, uh, you know. And then 
he is definitely fully formed now. And when you take him out of the game, it can be a very different game. I think if the Bruins go on to win this year and he gets another ring, I think that'll kind of pull that'll put him higher in kind of Boston sports lore. Um, just because I do feel like he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves a lot of the time because of that. Uh, I'm looking back at his early career, and of course he um, had those uh, two 70 point seasons, and then had the concussion. All this happening in, in a very very young age for him. But then he starts to come back, and I almost feel like he was underutilized. We remember back then, he was the second-line center. The Bergeron line was the second line. Um, Maybe because we were blessed with uh, Krejci having excellent, excellent wingers at the time, and that made it the the top line. And and before Krejci rose, he's had Savard, too, right? Yes. So, 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 Savard. You have a weapon like Savard. He's going to be in all of the, of the scoring opportunities, right? So, those couple of years where his points were down, it'd be interesting to see deployment because I bet Bergeron's deployment is just fucking brutal. And it is now too, but even he's back coming then, back from a concussion too, which yeah. doesn't help. And then again, you know, in 2010, that's kind of when he starts to see the uptick in in points. But imagine if. Bergeron was getting the power play time, the usage he is now back then when he's in his uh, mid and uh, when he's in his mid twenties. I I think, uh, I mean, there's a lot of factors going in, but could it be argued that he was not used properly? I mean, it's hard to make that argument because, you know, we won it in 2011. So I'm, I'm with you on this one again. It's because of who the other centers were. Yeah. Like again, you weren't gonna, you you were never gonna put Krejci or Savard out on penalty kill or, or defending a lead time. Mm-hmm. So Bergeron was always gonna get the hard minutes, the pure scoring offensive minutes were gonna go elsewhere. Because um, you notice his his uptick, you know, it doesn't really. Well, you know, I said the first couple years, but after the first two years after the concussion, he's doing okay. Um, the first full full you know the first full Savardless years eleven twelve and suddenly he's back into sixty points. Mm-hmm. Ah, for me and he would have been over and he would have been over sixty in the lockout season as well, which means that um except for fourteen fifteen which we don't talk about that year and then whatever was going on last year he he'd been reliably sixty point in full seasons post Savard across the board with the with just two years that didn't that fell short really. Okay. Um. Um, I think Anthony wanted to say something. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you were still in thought. For me, Bergeron's just the glue that keeps the Bruins together. Because without Bergeron, now Char is doing like 99% of the heavy defensive lifting. Whereas with him, you can do the top line versus top line and then top pairing versus second line in terms of defensive responsibilities. You're allowing guys like Krejci when Savard was here, Savard, when Spooner was here, Spooner, et cetera, et cetera, to play those predatory minutes where you're getting offensive start zones. Not having that, I don't know what a second line looks like in terms of, you know, if Nick's right. It was always the Savard line, the Krejci line was your one line. And then your Bergeron, Marchand, whoever was your second, was your second line. That's changed now based on how well Prad plays. And ultimately, I think to some extent, the first line, second line framing was always wrong. 
in terms of raw total time on ice, it was more of a one A one B. Oh, absolutely. Always was. And I don't re and I think actually a big part of why the Krejci line, specifically the Krejci Lucic Horton line, got you know Harold is our first line is because that played what into the the notion of Boston hockey. The big bad Bruins. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's because it was you know a couple of because it was a couple of shaved bears surrounding Krejci. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you come come up with a better way to describe Lucian Horton? <laughs> I, I, I I'm not. I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I not well, laugh? <laughs> right now they're expired beef. Oh, not even not even airline steak, huh? No, they're not even the airline Salisbury steak at this point. They're they're expired hey. beef. I mean, like at this point, Horton's beef that someone ate a week ago. Uh, oh, that's true. Poor Horton. Uh, is his contract up? No, we just got a. Two more years or something like that, probably. Oh, my. But that's like Arizona two. or something, right? No, no, it's the Leafs. Oh, the Leafs still have it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the Leafs, they, they, they managed, because remember, it's not insured, which is why, so a wealthy team has to have it. Arizona would never touch that contract. Okay. Because it costs them real money. Uh, whereas the Leafs can swallow the real cost and just have to deal with the LTIR issue. But, uh, yeah, two more years. I don't know what's next, Marlo. Yeah, two more years after this one. So I, it's obvious that playing with with uh, Berge has improved Marshan. Like, he earned his, his stripes. He got his way up there. And he is firmly on that line. And it's not fun to think about him on any other line, right? But has Brad improved Berge's play? Oh, of course. They're, 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 as I opened with, they're... They're kind of hockey hive mind, right? It, it, there's there's a lot to be said for a player. You know exactly where they're going to be at all times. You don't. You can't do the the amount of blind passes they do mm. without knowing exactly where that player is. Ergo, I think that they are absolutely essential to one another. I think last year or the year I think it was last year that we actually saw stats that proved that Martian actually made Bergeron better. So yeah, I remember like seeing that. And so, Bergeron made Marsh better. Like it was, so, yeah. They just make each other good or yeah. better. Well, that's why I scream whenever I see stats people trying to you know, assess the types. I remember who it was had these player archetypes last year. Sort of how you build lines, you know, passers, shooters, passengers, and bunch of the. When I saw one of them going through the Bruins, like he was like, you know, I know it's sacrilege, but it'd be not a bad idea for the Boston to separate Boston Bergeron and Marsh. It's like, no, you don't do that. You don't separate the Sedins. Why would you separate them? It doesn't work that way. And as much as Brad loves Bergie, he's still less codependent than the Sedins. Well, again, one of them is just a hologram. <laughs> and it's that's Henrik. Right. That's why his that's why his jersey has the H on it. That's right. That, that's right. That was a red dwarf joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's the it's the Ed Dean, the the because all uh, yeah Swedes are all twins right but that's what it was oh my god I forgot about that one yeah uh okay yeah but you know what I just wanted to say that the Sedins even in retirement even playing all those years even being in the same womb are still less codependent than Dougie and Freddie oh. <laughs> it's true it's, it, oh. <laughs> sorry I just have to get that in there because I hate Dougie. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Can't lose my brother. I don't want to be here, man. Fuck you. 
It's like, Dougie, I got some bad news. Freddie's probably playing in Europe next year. <laughs> Guess where Dougie's playing? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the Hamilton brothers do... <laughs> the Hamiltons do the Deutsche League. <laughs> <laughs> Dougie does Deutsche. <laughs> Dougie does Dusseldorf. <laughs> right now I'm picturing like Muppet porn. Thanks, PA. <laughs> I wasn't, but now. Thanks. You're welcome, Anthony. Glad I could bring you down with me. <laughs> I need to learn Photoshop. <laughs> but anyway. I bet it's already there. <laughs> it's already there. Oh, there's it's, it, it exists. Ergo, there's porn. There's Muppet porn. It's just whether or not there's Dougie as Beaker porn is the question. Oh, God. So, okay. It, yeah, I just want to remember this. Okay, so we had established that Swedes, like, the, the Swedes are plural. Right? That's what no, it was. No, no, no. It's, it's it, Latvians yeah. are plural. Latvians are plural. Right. <laughs> Swedes are. Swedes are, are. Was it old Swedish muscle? <laughs> old Swedish muscle. <laughs> it's my favorite cologne. <laughs> I really need to o- have an opener. It's like this episode is brought to you by Old Swedish Muscle. <laughs> this this episode is brought to you by the Yager because without the Yager, there'd be no hockey players, and we'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> the scent that will that will clear cap room or any room. Old Swedish muscle. Old Swedish muscle. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know that's an interesting point. <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be a huge amount of cap space saved uh, because the Sedines are going for the. Uh, oh, Benning's going to spend money in a stupid way. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Old Swedish muscle. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to remember that. It's a newer thing, and I haven't listened to that episode in probably like four weeks when I had to listen to it twice or something. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we want to say about Brad and Patrice? About their... Okay. God. I will say that there's one in, one far inferior player who's become a very good one, and it's almost exclusively because he played for two seasons with them. Ooh, Riley Nash? Well, no, no, not, not Riley Nash. Them. Riley Smith. I get them all mixed Riley up. Riley Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riley Smith definitely would not be the player he is right now if he hadn't played with with, with, with them for two years. But he's gonna fall off. Well, of course he is. He's Riley Nash. He has effects. Fantastic year. He has a not so great year, and he has another fantastic year. It's the way it goes. But like, but still, that doesn't change the fact that he has reliably excellent years every other year. Mm-hmm. And even in his bad years, he's a pretty good for a three-zone player now. And that's almost exclusively, in my opinion, from skating so much with with the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twin powers activate. Activate. <laughs> Form of oven mitt. <laughs> every time I think of Riley Smith, I think he's the. Josh Beckett of the NHL. Oh, that makes sense. I don't get that. Every other year. Josh Beckett for, could be a Scion winger, winner in odd seasons, but in even seasons, forget it. He was atrocious. Interesting. 
So the, terrible pitcher in years ending in an even number. This should show you how how bought in I am, how much I've bought in, because I often forget about Riley Smith, and then when I immediately go to say Riley, I my I complete that with Nash. Nash, yeah, yeah. Oh, because Riley Nash has just been so excellent for this team. Like I I am I I I am a Riley Nash stan, as the kids say these days. A Riley That's how Na- that works, right? A Riley Nash fan. Stan. What's that? You're all denizens of Twitter. You see this nonsense. It's basically someone that will be a fan of something regardless of what goes wrong and stand for it regardless of ah. quality or changes to my understanding of the post-millennial slang, how it works. I don't know. <laughs> Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> exactly. Do you also have a skateboard? <laughs> and a hat on backwards? <laughs> Greetings, fellow kids. <laughs> Riley Nash should have won the seventh player award. It should have won. Should, it should yes. have been in a landslide, and the runners up should have been also not the winner. Uh, yeah, yeah, the runners up should have been. Um... In no particular order, I'd say Schaller, uh, Heinen, and Grizz. Sure. That sounds I fine. Didn't think, I didn't think Grizz would even be on the fucking team, right? I didn't know he existed until this year. <laughs> well, no, I knew. I remember he played in that, that, that game at Pittsburgh last season, and I was at um, I was at a Rasputina show at Brighton Music Hall when it was on, and I was waiting for Rasputina, Rasputina to come on, and the game was on in the back lounge, so I watched it. Yeah, I watched Shockey at a at a concert. That's cool. Yeah, you know. When you great. said Rasputina, I thought you first you, you you'd said Rasputinitsa. I'm like, why is there a show about Russian about about the Russian mud season? But now I understand. Okay. No, I was just I, thinking of Rasputin. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how did you do that? Uh, Rasputina. <laughs> Rasputin. <laughs> Rasputina is a lovely trio comprising of cellos and drums. Oh, that sounds ooh. awesome. Yeah, they are really cool. You should check them out. I, I. Uh, I, I know I've at least sent one link or something, but anyway, uh, yeah. So and, and they're actually coming around again this month, so I'm gonna go see them again. Yeah. So what was I saying before Rasputina? A- oh yeah, Grizz. Riley Nash and Grizz. Yes, Grizz was playing in that game, uh, so I knew about Grizz. But Grizz, I didn't think Grizz would be on the team this year. And then he came up and he said, "No, this is my spot. I'm gonna take this this spot here on the third pairing, and it's gonna be mine." And he did that. And then Kevin Miller was like, okay, cool. You and I, we're going to be buds. And... and and they've been so phenomenal together. Again, they know exactly where each other seem to, are going to be. Right. Uh, Kevin Miller, you know what? Kevin Miller is another strong candidate for seventh player. Yeah. Like a really strong player for candidate for it. Because hmm. again, I made the point on Twitter. People don't make a big enough deal about what Kevin Miller has done with his with himself and his play in the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Although I will tell you, it got recognized last night. He got a trophy. Oh, okay. For grit and determination. I forgot what the uh, what the uh, the trophy is, but he did get it last night. You know what? Uh, let me just tell you something. Felger this week. <laughs> Felger this week, actually, uh, in the five minutes I allowed myself to listen, he said, "You know what? Here's how much I care." I actually care about the seventh player award. I am that kind of Bruins fan. He said he was a Bruins fan. I was like amazed. I call shenanigans, but I go, but go on. <laughs> He's like, I care about who the seventh player should have been given to. And it shouldn't have been Charlie McAvoy. You don't give it to your top pairing. You don't give it to your top six. 
to a to, to your best prospect that you know full fucking well is going to be a beast. It's again, it's exactly like Tyler Sagan robbing Chris Kelly in 2012. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's like we knew he was going to be phenomenal. Uh, Charlie McAvoy doesn't get the seventh player, but we've named several candidates who could have gone and uh, gotten it. And I think Riley Nash was honestly the most deserving. I didn't think oh, much in beyond a walk. that. Yeah, in a walk. Yeah, so it's like I feel like he got robbed. I feel bad, but you know, Riley, I keep keep chugging, man. Keep chugging along. You're gonna do it. It's gonna be great. We're gonna win that cup. The man's gonna make is gonna make quite a bit of money in free agency this year. We're talking a floor of three million a year, probably. So good for him. He's earned it. Just not here. <laughs> Let's focus short term. Win that cup, man. Win it. Yes. Okay. Oh, win that cup. We'll get three fives. What'll do if we get that cup? The general managers are dumb and pay for things like that. Jim Benning's got all sorts of money. Oh no, I was gonna say he's gonna end up in Vancouver. (laughs) No, yeah, you know what? He is. (laughs) It's gonna be like four and a half million a year. It's gonna be a lot more than three because it's Vancouver. Oh, 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 you know what's gonna happen? No, no, no. Tia's gonna trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Sign Riley Nash, who incidentally was originally an Edmonton draft first round pick. Oh. <laughs> um, for way oh, too man. much money to be their third line center for way too much term. That's what's going to happen. See, but how does Jim Benning screw up the Ryan Nugent Hopkins trade? What does he he trades for him. Oh, you're saying he's trading all that? <laughs> ah, but, yeah. I think trading for Hopkins, whoever gets him is going to win that trade because his value right now is way lower than it has any business being. Yeah, but it's Jim Benning, so he's going to pay yeah. too much for him. But the other side is Peter Chiarelli. <laughs> well, she is going to she is going to win the trade. It's like it's dividing by zero. Wait, 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 wait! Let's bring in Bergevin to make it work. Uh, <laughs> Chuck the world. I, oh my god! I think, I think that trade would just like negate the league. It would, it would yeah, divide by zero. <laughs> Done. <laughs> anti yager But you know what? Here's an here's an interesting thing, though. I I think that we saw, especially in the last couple of seasons, Claude his deployment of players, his coaching was not being received, and and honestly, I think he made Riley Nash look like a worse player than he was. Particularly Nash. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. He was playing him out of position, moving around a lot. Yep. He wouldn't commit to a, a role for him when it was painfully obvious when we signed him. And I was excited when we signed him when I looked into like some of his hero charts that it was like identical to 2011 Chris Kelly. So I was like all in. Yes, 2011 Chris Kelly. Yes, please. And Nick was in right from the beginning because he knew what kind of player he was. And he had like a phenomenal year this year. So I would hate for him to go someplace where he'll be misused. Um, I would hate for him to uh, not have a better year next year. So I wish that they could just find a way to make it happen for him here. Well, you know, I mean, there's a reason they protected him in expansion. Mind you, there wasn't any other forwards that required protection because, like, were they going to protect uh, Bolesky? No. But so, like, but anyway, there's still a reason they protected Riley Nash in expansion, which on paper looked a little weird, but not really. If you hadn't, you know. No, oh, I'm glad they. I'm glad they kept him. Because actually, and that's part of why. Actually, after Clove was fired. Nash, Nash was doing the really great things for us after clothes fired. You're right. Come to think of it, last year, he yeah. did that hockey. No, yeah. he did the shit out of that hockey. Yep. See, I, I, I don't want to think about what's going to happen to Riley Nash. I don't. Um, He's going to become a wealthy man. He'll become a wealthy man, and I, and I, and I applaud, and he deserves it. 
I just, you know, I like him and would like him to stay if possible, but I just don't see it. I just looked up the stats. Holy hell, he has 41 points. Exactly. Yes. There's no, there's no scenario. He, there's no scenario he stays in Boston because we're not. there are going to be better offers on the table, and he should take them. <laughs> Maybe he won't want to take them. Maybe... Maybe we un- underestimate his want to stay in Boston. It's a college town. He'll like it. It'd be a re- he could go to Harvard. He'd go to Harvard for a graduate degree. Yeah. I'm, he knows a guy. And, and, and he went to <laughs> Cornell, right? Yes, he did. He, he, is, he, is, uh, he is an Ivy guy. So. Like, he's a shoe-in to go to Harvard. They'd have him on for, like, whatever Riley Nash wants to get a post-graduate uh, degree in. Or graduate degree, in, and then maybe post prad. Maybe he'll be a PhD of hockeyology. You never no, know. No, I I want Riley. I want Riley Nash to get a law degree just so he can write every sign everything. Riley Nash Esquire. Okay. <laughs> he just wants it to happen. Don't question just, the man. I, Riley Nash Esquire. I developed a new field called hockeyology. Oh, that's a bad call. No. That's called Sorry. editing that out. So <laughs> <laughs> loaded, and it was a bad strike three call. <laughs> I just said something awesome. You said that's a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'm obviously not getting any play on this, so I would I like think... to continue this, but I don't know how to top archaeology. <laughs> nope. And I can't help but think of a way to make a shitty trade between Benning, Bergvin, and Shirelli. Uh, just somebody wins. Ah, okay, guys. We don't have a schedule beyond tonight right now. So, playoffs start Thursday in Boston, regardless of who we play. Okay. So, Thursday, there's a game in Boston. We'll figure out Against who it is. Someone. Yes! It'll be either, me, either the Leafs or the Devils. I'm so excited when we go against someone... Oh, we're gonna beat someone. That team, uh, that 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 team of someone's. Oh, I God. think if if you want to do some, of course this episode's gonna be a doozy to edit. But if you really want to edit, we can do it like this: the Boston Bruins will be playing insert team here, and like do a really bad voiceover, like clear, clearly. Like, well, ha- have someone that's not on the show do the voice too. Yeah, so like, have Glenn do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. (laughs) You would do that to me, wouldn't you? (laughs) The Boston Bruins on Thursday, April 12th, will be playing... A team with a who is drafted first overall in the last two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? I I was going to do the insert here. Oh. That that was a... a... (laughs) That was also a version of an insert here. <laughs> we had this great idea that Jeff just walked right over. It's not his like fault. Like a cat walking through a freshly poured concrete. It's not it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Look, I said something nice. I did. Bollocks. Bollocks. There we go. The the Boston Bruins are playing bollocks on Thursday. All right, so anyway, the Boston Bruins are playing a team yet to be determined uh, on Thursday. We will figure that out in the meantime. In a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tonight, after tonight, we'll figure this out, and we'll be so excited. Yeah, we should wrap it up. Listeners, 
Um, uh, you can, of course, find us on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, uh, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And wherever it is you listen to us, please rate us five stars. Make more people listen to us. Tell your friends. If you think we're not worth five stars, just, just sit this one out. That's cool, too. Um, you can uh, reach out to us on, on, at Barely on Topic at, on Twitter and at Barely on Topic Podcast on Facebook. Likewise, of course, reach all of us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm uh, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Nick Badgew, but my current name is Majestic Hockey Flowmaster Bagel Bruin. It sure fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> I am at VA from RI. I'm at Tim A. Richardson. And I'm at Carvin Base 18. I still say Carvin Bass. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. No. Carve that bass. Saute some butter. I don't don't fish. And if I could own a Carvin Base, I would own like 12 of them. Would you buy a base that was shaped like a bass? <laughs> yes, I would. If it were carbon. Furthermore, why is that not a thing? I oh, think it's a it thing. Is. It's a thing. <laughs> oh, right. The southerner would know. Things shaped yeah. like fish, right? You know how many times I'm so upset? I go into base pro shop and they try to sell me fishing rods. And you see, guns. I would have thought you might have I'm like really that. pissed off. There's no bases in base pro shop. It's bullshit. That line is useless. It's so thin. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. You, 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 yeah. You, 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 I know. Teacher played with nylon strings, and I nearly tore my hands up one week when I forgot my vase. I like nickels. So we can continue this off the air, Titty. (laughs) (laughs) McQuaid and boards, indeed. Oh, but wait a minute! Wait a minute! Before we finish, sorry. Before we finish, we gotta give gotta give Jeff his time with his prediction from last year. So it took me a while, but I was eventually fucking correct. 330 goal scorers on the top line. Bask in the glory, motherfuckers. <laughs> Which means sooner or later, Tory Crew will be that, that Norris finalist. I can feel it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ninth in defenseman scoring this year. Not bad. If he scores, if he gets one point tonight, he's up to 60 on the season. So, yeah. Speaking and like he was bad, he was, he was you know he missed time with that broken jaw and then wasn't very good until he got the mat got the cage off too right so fucking a Tory Krug, Tory has ten goals. <laughs> ooh ooh indeed. Va, we should prop bet who plays more playoffs, New Hampshire or Rhode Island. Who plays more playoffs? Yeah, no, both of them are in every game. It's it's, it's Ohio. It's that's the scratch. Yeah, but that's not not what's going on here. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I got it. Okay, ready? If my boy has more points at the end of the playoffs. Uh, beer sounds good. All right. New Hampshire beer versus Rhode Island beer. There we go. All right. Some Gansett Del Shandy beer. Versus, like, Smutty Nose or something. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking Moat. Moat's Mo- 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 a better call, but Moat's a better call, yeah. And Smutty's probably yeah. easy to fi- easier to find out of state than, than Moat is. Right. <laughs> Here we go. There we go. There's our prop bet. Okay. It's on. All right. Timmy, take us out. McQuaid and boards indeed. <laughs>